0: Live from the Figus Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, flying solo this week, giving you my take on some of the stories that have caught my eye, things going on around town, and just an overall kind of perspective, if you will, into the world of geek. All of this is Sponsored by the wonderful and talented Susie Q's, who was here last week. Uh, there will be a video that I haven't shared yet. Her doing an opening for us here in the studio of some very unique items that will be available in the US shortly. But it was exciting to have Susie here opening it because it's uh, for a K pop band. That uh, I've never listened to. I I had no idea who these guys were. Since then, I have listened to them and I understand it, but uh, at the time... When we got the product in, it was kind of like, I have no idea who these guys are. And I couldn't speak directly to it. So it was exciting to see someone be very passionate and excited about opening up product A that's not available here in the U.S. And and it's around a band that Susie's absolutely in love with. So we'll be sharing that on the 5280 Geek website and Facebook page shortly uh, later today or tomorrow morning, haven't decided which, uh, but it's done and it's posted. It's the, the secret project air quotes that Susie was doing for us here in the studio. Uh, what else? So, okay. Uh, wild weekend, of course, where, uh, we were in the parade for the city of Denver going down Broadway. We didn't win any prizes for, you know, our our presence, but we don't do it for the awards or the accolades. We just look at, you know, for the, the forward to the handshaking and waving and seeing the kids come up to us and act like Ghostbusters. It's hilarious. It's adorable. We loved it. We had a great time. We were so happy to work with the city of Denver yet again. It was nice to see everybody come out there. Everyone was like in costumes and, and it it was fun. So and it was great to have the team back together. And it, it was it was just fun. Go to the Colorado Ghostbusters page to check out the guys. There are some photos and a little video of us, you know, dancing around. Aaron probably <laughs> has the best pose. Uh, one of the fans actually even put a proton stream on the end of his neutrino wand to make it look like he was firing into the air after a ghost. It's hilarious. And Aaron gets this look on his face, Double uh, Private Cheeseburger, Double Aaron, who uh, was on the podcast for a number of years. It's just... <laughs> He's just a gem. He just makes these faces that are just, it's just classic. So there was one year we did the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, and this picture haunts him to this day because he saw someone, you know, get sick uh, on on the side there during the St. Patrick's Day parade, and someone captured him witnessing this act, and the look on his face is just classic. It is just, it's the most horrific face you could possibly imagine, then times ten. So, <laughs> it was nice to hang out with the guys and get everybody back together again. So, the band's back together, got a new member that we badged, and it's it's fun, so we move forward. But, in addition to all of this, there's been so many more things. <sighs> Where to even start? So, uh, no spoilers, but I am going to talk about Squid Game. I finally finished it, got through it, and holy balls, this series this film and it was kind of funny because we've talked about this as far as why these dramas always end on such a downer they're just so tragic and and it's it's tragic and it's really just like wow the whole premise and the story if you have not watched this do if you're going to watch it find someone to watch it with because you're gonna want to talk about it there's just so many different scenarios and games and things that go on in each episode that you're gonna want to talk to somebody about this and and you're gonna want to share this with someone because it is very intriguing it does say a lot about the human dynamic and i could see this eventually happening one day if it isn't already happening there are some people out there that i do believe have this kind of power as scary as that is and of course i don't think it goes to this extent but I wouldn't be surprised. I I mean, I really wouldn't nowadays. There's so many other crazier things going on that, you know, yeah, this would make sense to me. Uh, If you haven't watched Squid Games, add it to your queue. Get on it. Um, There are some comparisons that I want to do with this and Alice uh, of Borderlands, which is another series that I'm in the midst of watching. But um, I don't like... The 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 dubbed version, so I'm watching it with the subtitles. So it takes a little bit longer because I'm actually reading. Yes, I know it's as shocking as that is, but I I think it's a better you know interpretation of what's going on. So I'm I'm all about the subtitles, and I want to read and and I haven't finished it because there's just so many other things. Because also what landed this week, holy crap. Lock and Key is back. Oh yeah, I, I haven't started it yet because there's just, again, more stuff stacked up in front of it, and when I get to my other takes this week, you'll understand why I haven't had a chance to get to it, because I gotta go back and at least watch the last couple of episodes of Lock and Key to just kind of reacclimate, and just to kind of get, you know, cued in as far as what's going on, what what happened I mean, I know there's a recap before, but I just, you know, just to get comfortable with the characters again, just before we go into the, the side of crazy. And I know it helps that I've read the comics, and there were some very key elements from the comics that they brought over into the show, and there were some liberties. And that's what you expect when you're you're doing a show of this caliber and in this level. So just to get, get reacquainted, but if you haven't noticed it in your queue yet or seen it in your recently releaseds, uh, yeah, go over there. It's worth the watch. You won't be disappointed. But with that said, the I'll give you a couple of takes because this week I want to give you a rundown on what to expect at the Fan Expo for Denver. There's a lot of things that are going on. There's guests, and there's a few things that I kind of want to give you the rundown on before this weekend especially with it being halloween weekend and there's a lot going on around town and i don't want you to miss out on anything but there's some great opportunities for celebrities here at the expo that you may not be aware of and um with everything else going on you may not even have thought about but before i get to that i do want to run down on a couple of the stories that are uh hidden and this will be as spoiler free as humanly possible but i did see dune over the weekend, and. Uh, Just for the record, I know it ends on a very abrupt kind of, like, e-break style ending where you're like, what the fuck? And a lot of my friends contacted me afterwards like, what the hell? Uh, I know Tuan was particularly upset of, like, well... Now what do I do for another two years? And he was on board. A lot of people have been completely sold and enamored with the the new movie. Uh, for the record, Dune Two has been greenlit, so there hasn't been any filming or anything set up for this film for dune 2 yet i'm sure they've got stuff in the can i wouldn't be surprised if they have stuff that they're holding on to that will be integrated for the second film so it won't be as much to film because let's face it every actor in this film is in demand there isn't a single person that i can think that isn't like busy doing other projects i mean uh, jason momoa who i know you know died. But I I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more cuts with him and some more takeaways. Of course, um, we've got uh, Zendaya, who's you know, all over the place, and just a huge box office draw, uh, not to mention, of course, um, Thanos himself, who is just as as popular, doing everything, uh, Josh Brolin, is just um, an amazing actor, and his voice adds just such gravity to just about any character, and it's really difficult for me not to hear Thanos when Brolin is talking, it really is, but I do love what he... Brings uh, as far as a, a portrayal of all of these characters. So the quick rundown, and there are some things that I'm just kind of like, um, I'm not sure how I feel, and I love Skarsgård as the Baron. Flat right out, probably one of the best performances from um, Skarsgård that we've ever ever seen in my mind. And he's just so... <sighs> I mean, he's iconic, and I did a lot of comparisons between the original Dune back in, I think it was 85, with, with Sting, Patrick Stewart, um, Ian McCullen, everybody that um, was involved in the, the, the film. And I almost want to think, and I was asking other friends, and you're more than, help, more than welcome to answer this question, but was the 85 release a little more brutal in in its portrayal of the battle and everything than this one. I asked this because there wasn't like a whole lot of blood scenes and there were there were some some minor skirmishes, but we didn't really see like a lot of intense fighting. It is kind of more of a political drama. It is it is a very it's an age old story and and it does have that Game of Thrones esque feel as a trade the house of atreides is set up by the emperor for just basically to be taken out and it it really has a lot of game of thrones feels to it in addition to a lot of sci-fi elements that have have been adapted into other films and what you witness Is is nothing short of amazing. I don't want to discount or discredit anything on this film at all. Visually, holy crap, the sets are immense. They 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 don't bright it up, they don't jam everything into your head, they let you draw your own conclusions, they let you witness, they let you experience this film without stopping to explain every little minute detail. And I think that's what I liked about it the most. It is a long film. It's two and a half hours, almost three hours for this film. But it's worth every minute just because of the scenery and and the, the developments. Even as they're explaining, because I, I, again, was doing a lot of comparisons with the 85 film and how they did the whole, you know, underlining he's the chosen one and and how they, they did the small whispers like everyone was thinking and the internal monologue and all of that. So how they were doing that this go around i think it was a lot more compelling i liked it it's from the standpoint of everybody's kind of aware of what's going on but they're still in disbelief they're they're they just want they just want freedom <laughs> yes william wallace is on the planet as well and he's riding into battle on a Dragonflight aircraft no i'm just kidding so when you're watching this it is i i uh, it, and, and it's really hard to give this the gravitas that it deserves because just what you witness is is, is colossal. Dave Bautista uh, also delivers a very compelling performance, a very huge role, but you really don't see a whole lot of him in action. You see his brutality in a couple of scenes to kind of establish the character, to give him, you know, just how malicious this guy is. And of course, his counterpart in 85 was Sting. So there's a drastic difference between the two characters as far as a physical makeup. And Sting was, you know, fit and 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 you know, very toned for the day, but then you got Batista who is just a beast and takes it in in so many different directions that I don't think Sting uh ever could. There's no way. Um so to see the the contrast between the two and even the um The Baron, the contrast between the two, as much as I loved the Baron in 85 and he was just such uh, an interesting character, Skarsgård just kills it. I mean, just good lord. The abilities that Skarsgård demonstrates on on screen is tremendous. I even saw an article where Skarsgård wanted to be more naked. I, I, and I was like, okay, I guess he felt that he could perform better and give a much more interesting dynamic to the Baron if he was wearing less clothing. Uh, I find that absolutely compelling, and and uh, I mean, he's wearing basically nothing. He's a robe most of the time, so just to see the the opulence that he he brings forth with the character is spectacular. Now, the downside is there is a lot of build up, and I really wish that we would have seen more of the fight. As um, uh, the Harkonnens came and took out everybody, I mean, it was just a, a slaughter. And to see, you know, House Atreides and all that fall, like I said, I really think I felt more, I felt more impacted in the eighty-five version than I did this one. And you, there's a lot of things that are left open to doubt and question. And as everybody tries to flee and get away, and you see some of it, but it just, just basically. A mass uh, exodus. I mean, you, you you they wipe them out, and it's 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 very. I don't know. I was expecting more, especially from a film that's two and a half hours. You also don't really see Zendaya. You get these flashbacks and these dream images um, repeated throughout the film from Paul, from his character, and it doesn't really. It really doesn't amass too much. There's some stuff that leads to more story building and and plot development, but it doesn't happen until later in the film, and it is also setting up film two. So to have them you know, start already setting all this up, of course we were thinking there's going to be a second film, but for them to be dragging their feet in starting production and getting it going, I I, I worry that you're going to lose the attention of the fans or you're going to lose the magic and the intensity that this film delivered. The other side of it is I'm, I, uh, there were some things that just kind of were lacking. I, I liked a lot of the portrayals, but there were just sometimes I just, I wanted more. I wanted a little bit more action or a little bit more development. It moved very quickly for as long as the film was. And you get some impacts and you get kind of like a brief, you know, look into the planet, the, the the system, the races, the cultures, the conflict going on across the galaxy for Spice. <sighs> How true is it to the books? According to a lot of friends, they're saying very. I haven't read the books, to be honest with you, for a lot. I mean, a lot of years. <laughs> I really want to say that it has been... <sighs> a small lifetime. I mean cuz I I want to say that it, I 80 to 80s. I mean maybe? I, I mean I've I've tried reading these books since then and you know kind of try to keep up with the Dune lore cuz let's face it, it it is it is a masterpiece. However, I'm I'm not um I'm not as versed on on the book as I should be. But what I do remember and from the the conversations that i've had with my my doom die hard friends is that it is very close to the books they they've not f- you know strayed too far from the material or taken liberties that were unnecessary for the characters or for the sake of storytelling so that's encouraging and i trust these guys they they wouldn't lead me wrong uh i hope <laughs> it's not like you know someone telling me that uh pf chang's was founded by peter frampton so uh yeah you know it's it's stuff like that i uh, i really really encourage you to watch dune this is spectacular um i really can see this going far hopefully for a few films and it's just not limited to one or two because there's a lot of story to be told um there's a lot of things to see happen and um, i'm hoping that they really really uh focus on that opportunity so we'll see but that's my take on dune this week now other stories that have kind of caught my eye uh i <laughs> I don't. I think this is a little late uh, in in the grand scheme of things, but uh, something that i never ever really thought we would see. Um, let's try that again. Mel Brooks is teaming up with Hulu for History of the World Part Two, and this comes forty years. That's right, big four zero after the original film with Gregory Hines, Gene Wilder. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was in History of the World Part 1. Uh, the funny thing is, so, uh, History of the World Part 1 was 40 years ago. And it was just kind of like this weird take on um, how civilization advanced, the Romans, and just different cultures clashing together as they do. So, the end of History of the World Part 1, they give a teaser of history of the world, part two, which is probably one of the most iconic scenes of Jews in space, and it's the star of David as a spaceship flying through um, the galaxy with you know some Hasidic looking Jewish people flying it, and it's it's classic. It is Mel Brooks, and it's funnier than hell just just to see it because then they do you know they start dancing and and it's it's totally Mel Brooks if you've ever watched any of his his films, especially blazing saddles which is an iconic you know movie that could never be made today i mean we've had lengthy conversations about how blazing saddles just would not fit in today's environment Now, that said, of course, with uh, Hulu giving us part two, they're talking about it being an eight episode series and Mel Brooks will be the one writing it. Mel Brooks, of course, is 95 years old for those out there that aren't keeping track. And I mean, the man is still funny. He's still the man still producing hits. But I don't know if I'm curious to see what they're going to do for this um it's it's funny mel brooks was quoted as i can't wait to once more tell the real truth about all the phony baloney stories the world has been conned into believing our history so you already know that this is going to be um a, a very interesting take on history. It's going to be something that you know he's going to try and and show you the underneath. You know, sir, you 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 look like the the uh, the emperor. <laughs> The quotes out of History of the World are are great, and, I mean, they're not as iconic. I mean, there are some iconic ones, but, I mean, you got Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and Spaceballs, you know, with so many lines out of that that I think you, you lose track of, like, the producers, High Anxiety, and, of course, you know, uh, History of the World. So... It is, I mean, Harvey Corman was in that. I mean, there are so many legends that aren't aren't even with us any longer, which is sad. So I'm very curious to see where this goes. I mean, maybe he'll tap on some of uh, his Robin Hood men in tights crew. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that he can't come up short with people that are more than willing to be involved in a Mel Brooks film. But I don't know how the, the political environment and, and how tolerable people are Mel Brooks's brand of humor is definitely unique in in pointing out um issues and discrepancies with you know cultures and and different uh backgrounds but I don't know what kind of I I don't I'm really curious to see how that works like I said you couldn't make blazing saddles today there's just there's just no way uh he would have gotten you know burned alive no, not just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but there are there are certain things that I'm not going to go into. If you haven't seen Blazing Saddles, if you can find it, watch it. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you've seen it, you know that there's certain scenes, there certain elements, although sort of true to the time, it is a very period piece. Uh, it doesn't eh, kind of ages well, I guess. But there are some ele- there's some risk taking going on in there that would not be uh, appreciated today. So I guess we'll see what they, they decide to do. The eight episodes, uh, no other information is available for it. And, um, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, History of the World Part 1 had the uh, musical number of the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the Catholic Church was really happy about that. Uh, moving on do, 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 do. oh so uh last week we gained, uh, we kind of gave you the rundown on Uh, DC fandom everything that was going on we do have some dates finally to the effect of what and where the DCU will be standing on film releases of course right now March 4th is the Batman followed by I don't know if I really care about this but it's in there DC League of Super Pets Um, that's May 22nd maybe for the kids at home uh, if you you know like crypto and and I don't know how else you can you can approach this i think it's just like the secret life of pets that's for the dc universe uh black adam which of course is landing july 29th the one that i am severely excited about Uh, flash is november 4th followed and closing out the season next year december 16th as aquaman and um in the press release, it shows that we're getting Black Manta back, which I'm over the moon about because I think that that's such an under, undervalued character. So badass. Uh, in other DC news, the Titans and Doom Patrol... Have both been renewed for season four. And I don't know if I remember talking about that last week or not. But coming out of this, the new Batgirl movie has just announced Brandon Fraser uh, as one of the villains, if not the principal villain for the film. Um, I'm not sure where I'm, I'm sitting on the Batgirl movie. There are a lot of different Batgirls out there that I think would be compelling. And to bring in Barbara Gordon, which I think is is the one that we're we're focusing in on, because uh, among the cast that is listed uh, is J.K. Simmons, who is reprising his role as Commerce Commissioner James Gordon. So, I'm I, and Barbara Gordon is uh, Leslie Grace. So that's that, that's fine. There's a lot of there's a lot of different elements to Barbara Gordon's Batgirl. I really wish and would hope that Batgirl honestly would have came in on Titans, and we would have seen a little bit more between the Nightwing and Batgirl relationship, which we've always kind of like tiptoed around in the comics, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I get it. But I think as like Cassandra or or Stephanie as coming in as the Batgirl to kind of freshen up the character, especially Cassandra, who's mute to begin with and is a trained assassin. Uh, I could see them. Coming under the wing of, of Barbara, showing them how to be Batgirl, that I think I, – I would actually be more compelled to watch that than a retelling or kind of a uh, a, a, a spotlight on Barbara. I've got nothing against Barbara. I think she's great. I, I love – I, I love her character. I love Oracle. I just wish that they would better utilize her than what they have, or just kind of move the character. It, she just feels like she's just been kind of stagnant. They don't know what to do with her. They 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 regressed her in age and made her more of like a a teeny um, Batgirl, you know, teen age, which just didn't work for me. So I I left the comic. That one obviously was not targeted for me, and I just kind of quit. The new Batgirl series that's coming out, uh, I'm excited to see because it does have Stephanie, it does have Cassandra, both playing roles as Batgirl with Barbara in their ear and and kind of helping you know, bring them up, show them how to be Batgirl, and, and just kind of be the, the mentor to them. And I, I really like that idea, and I really wish that they would adopt that for the films, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So as we look at the story of Brandon Fraser, they're saying... That um, with everything going on, and it's a hard, that's the other hard side of this. Who do you pick as a villain for Batgirl? One of the main stories uh, that every fan goes to, of course, is the killing joke. And in that, Joker unwillingly or, or unknowingly paralyzes Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, who answers the door when he comes to kidnap Commissioner Gordon to drive him nuts, insane, around the bend. And just to see what the limits of Gordon's sanity are, and to make us, you know, a very grandiose statement that you know anybody can go crazy, <laughs> anybody. So in his act, in his in his demonstration, of course he shoots Barbara point blank and a, sh- severs her spine. Now it, it, that is kind of in my mind one of the the big Batgirl villains. I mean, you can pick any number of villains from Batman's side that she may have ran up against. So I I just think it makes it a little bit more difficult to find who Batgirl would be taking on alone versus, you know, with the rest of the Bat family. Now, Frasier has been rumored to be... Uh, I just lost it. Uh, Firefly, which is actually a very decent um, character. I, I really do appreciate the character. I mean, he's not like Heatwave from The Flash. Uh, he's, he's very, I, I have no problems with, with him. At all. I think he's kind of a cool, and he hasn't, he hasn't really been done. He's shown up in the comic books uh, or, or the animated series and all of that. He, his first appearance, for the speculators out there, uh, is Detective Comics 154, which debuted, get this, in 1952. Yeah, it's, a, it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, but for the speculators out there, if you're looking to pick up Firefly's first appearance, go grab Detective 154 before this shoots up it's going it's going to but let's just 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 face it now there is still some um speculation as far as whether or not brandon fraser's firefly will be the main antagonist or if he's working for someone because he is a gun for hire he is a merc uh so we'll see if there's somebody bigger in uh in the shadow, someone pulling the strings, especially when you're looking at what's going on with the Batman film, because we we have Riddler over there in addition to Penguin, so two major hitters. Because I would think Riddler would be kind of like the next alternate for Batgirl, especially when you read like Birds of Prey and and that maybe even Maxie Zeus, who would be kind of a fun character, I think, to see in in a film. Just just. <laughs> Just a little outside of, you know, normal but still fun, someone that we, we haven't seen. So capitalizing on a humongous rogues gallery that Batman sits on, why not? Um, why not give us something a little bit different? Now, the rub on this, I don't know if it's a rub so much, but definitely... <sighs> this is not going to be released theatrically this is going to be an HBO max exclusive same thing as the the Blue Beetle series that are going to uh, that HBO max is specifically focusing on I think they're seeing a lot more success with the the HBO max stuff especially when you're looking at Titans and Doom Patrol Harley and the Teen Titans all of them have have done tremendous ratings they've got a huge fan following and DC i think finally is finding its traction its footing on building a a a cohesive universe similar to the marvel one now if it works if it doesn't i don't know you know there's so many different ones especially when you start looking at the movie side with flash and black adam and shazam (sighs) i mean are they just gonna smash it all together i know dc's been very good about building you know Infinite Earths and, you know, different, different alternate Earths. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing just everybody just kind of come together. I don't like the Blue Beetle. I, 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 that's one show I, I will not watch because I don't care about the character. I've never liked the Blue Beetle. I was happy in Identity Crisis. No, Infinite Crisis. Sorry, there's so many crises. Uh, Infinite Crisis when they killed him. It was brutal. You could tell that whoever was writing did not like the Blue Beetle. Uh, I don't know which Blue Beetle we're going to get I don't know if we're going to get the Scarab guy in the suit Which would make sense to me Because that is the current Blue Beetle Not the Booster Gold and Blue Beetle team up That we, we are used to If you're a comic book reader So We shall see where this goes i know um brandon fraser's at least got good company with uh leslie grace and jk simmons so we'll 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 keep you up to date on this and hopefully let you know as soon as we get more information on this but um the background movie there you go uh i'm excited you should be too and now on to what's going on this weekend it's halloween weekend there are a lot of different things haunts that you can hit up you can, And if you're here in Colorado, there's, you know, plenty to choose from, including the big fan expo, Denver, which has spared no expense to flying in some very creative and very interesting guests. Uh, a few of them, I'm actually hoping that I'll be able to sit down and interview. Uh, I definitely got a signature or two that I need to get, especially when I look at... Um, and it's sad because he's been here before. Uh, Edward James almost was here a few years ago, and I never made it around to his table to get him to sign my my Battlestar Galactica magazine because they did this uh, this run on. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, that that it, it introduced all the characters, kind of gave you a synopsis and all of that and everybody is in there and Edward James almost is like the only one that I'm missing out of that, but he also has his counterpart Mary McDonnell uh, President President Roslin who will be there as well, and these two work, you can tell that they really get along, the chemistry between these two is spectacular they're fun to see interact and they're, they're, it's just a fun experience, I know that there is a photo op including both of them that you can sign up for they don't have pricing for that one listed on their website uh for fan expo denver but it's worth it they these guys are great go and 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 hang out with them and talk it's so cool now from the AeroCast, and i've never met her is katie cassidy so she played black canary on the arrow series and she's absolutely a spectacular actress. I liked her character, all the different iterations, especially when they killed off the main character, then brought, you know, the black canary from the other Earth. So she kind of had a reoccurring role, even though the original character got killed. So uh, I don't have her signature. And if you're a big Arrow fan, absolutely worth. Getting a signature. Another return guest is Felicia Day from the Guild, who is absolutely a ray of sunshine. She's so spectacular to talk to. In addition to Eureka, when she showed up on that show, I just loved her character. Just kind of a plucky, happy little you know scientist trying to you know solve the world, the the woes of the world. And she's really fun to talk with. So if you haven't gotten her signature, absolutely for sure. Now. It does look like we are going to get kind of a mini um, Smallville reunion as both Tom Willing and Michael Rosenbaum are coming for the Fan Expo. Now, Michael has been here a few times, and I never get tired of talking to him. There's so many different stories that Michael has, and I've really been intrigued with his podcast that he's doing inside of you, and he he's he's very... He's very good at it. I mean, I'm almost kind of like, damn, I, I almost feel bad that I'm a po- I am want to go work for him. <laughs> but his podcast is really compelling, and he gets some very interesting celebrities on there. Of course, he's had a lot of the cast of Smallville and other kind of like TV shows that were around at the same time. Uh, in addition to one of the guests that we will be having here he's had on the podcast is James Marsters, most recently, of course, of Buffy's uh, fame as Sp- Spike and he also was on smallville as brainiac so to to see them kind of interact and talk about things like in the day and all of that it really is fun to see him interact so to see all of them there in addition to tom welling who ever since he appeared on lucifer i do kind of you know need to get a signature from him to to go with the lucifer cast uh pictures that i've been working on for that show since it's done it's so sad But he was Kane in Lucifer, which was actually kind of entertaining. It was, um, I didn't see that coming. But anyway, to get all of the Smallville cast, not all of them, but some principal actors. And, of course, Michael uh, voiced for The Flash on the Justice League is when I originally went for his signature and had a chance to talk to him uh, a couple years ago when he was here for Denver Comic-Con. The other side of like wow is uh doctor who now we've had billy piper here before and she's just hilarious and if you haven't gotten rose tyler to your doctor who collection definitely need to but the one gentleman that i'm very excited to talk with again is christopher eccleson I ran into him a few years ago at New York Comic Con, and him and I, I, him and I had this great conversation, and we recited lines from Gone in sixty seconds back and forth to each other while he was <laughs> signing items. And the man is absolutely just hilarious. He's so. He's playful. He's fun. I, I mean, I. everyone has told me he's kind of a prick, but I don't see how or where. I don't believe, and to my memory, Chris Rackelson has ever been here as a Doctor Who alum. I don't think he's ever been to Colorado. So this is actually a really oppor- cool opportunity to get one more Doctor Who signature. Uh, I, I have already picked it up, but I think I'll actually probably get Another signature from him, and he does have a discounted rate of ninety dollars. So for a signature, which is pretty good, because most of the time, any of the doctors that I have seen are usually a hundred or more. Uh, I know that just leaves uh, good old Paul McGann to get uh, my last Doctor Who signature. Oh, and of course Peter uh, Peter Capaldi, but I don't, I don't know, I don't see Peter Capaldi doing. At Denver, I really don't. Maybe I don't know. With him doing like all the DC films, it's it's really <laughs> it's really a good guess of whether or not we'll see Peter Capaldi here. If anyone is listening from fan Expo please by all means invite Peter Capaldi. I need I need that Doctor Who signature for sure. Um, but yeah, Eccleston is great. Go talk to him. He he is absolutely entertaining. Uh, who else? Of course, Michael Rooker is returning uh, as well as Captain Kirk. William Shatner, fresh, fresh off of his trip to space, with uh, I, I'm excited to hear his take and the conversation that I'm sure he's going to. To, to want to have about going into space and just the the overall experience of just everything uh he's only appearing on sunday so uh for william shatner so uh, i'm i'm curious to see what the scheduling around him will be uh michael Rooker, of course will be saturday and sunday Always good to talk to him. I'm not sure if he's coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy, and he didn't really last long in Suicide Squad. So (laughs) go figure. Also from Star Trek is Zachary Quinto. Um, Nosferatu has actually been a very good series. I've enjoyed watching that with him. So hopefully um, he'll be open to having some conversations. But the the one guest, the one that I'm absolutely so excited about uh is Giancarlo esposito who you may know as um moff gideon from the mandalorian uh, i really i want to talk to him about do the right thing which is the first film that i saw him in and him playing opposite of danny aiello and I, i'm really excited I, I put in for an interview with with, with Giancarlo. carlo uh, and I, I really just want to to talk to him about that because it was such an impactful Spike Lee film and everything he's done, he's such a good character actor. He The elements that he brings and just his, his overall presence. Um, and I've seen him in other interviews and he's absolutely just delightful to talk to so i'm hoping that um i'll be able to sit down and chat with him of course you know want to bring up breaking bad as well as um better call saul because you know those that is such an iconic role especially for breaking bad as gus and just i mean ah i remember i'm just thinking back to breaking bad when he first showed up you're just like no way um but in the mandalorian as moff gideon uh, not a lot of moffs out there and what he did in the mandalorian is absolutely priceless so uh fingers crossed we'll let you know uh immediately if i have a chance to sit down and chat with the 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 legend um But in addition to that, there are some after-hours events and things going on. Uh, This weekend, I went and got to hang out at the Distortions Monster World. And it is actually really cool. It's an immersive... um, Museum where you can go through and they talk about all of their 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 monsters, their creations, their masks, and there's some interaction. It's not a haunt; it's not like a jump scare kind of thing. But you can go through and see all of what they have built over the years. There is, you know, some some takeaways that you can purchase in the gift shop and all of that. You gotta always gotta have a shop. Uh, but these guys will also be at the fan expo. They will have their own booth section and they've got something special so go by their table to check out their special announcement and uh, what else they got going on if you haven't made it to the the expo yet for or not the expo their um, museum yet not to worry it is still running into November and December their hours change a little bit um, but most of the time they're just running from 12 to 8 On the weekends till 9. So it's not too bad. They are located off of the 16th Street Mall Denver Pavilions. They're in the bottom corner directly across the street from Magiano's. the actual address is 516th Street so go on to their website which is distortionsmonsterworld.com if you want to pick up tickets and go and check it out it is worth the the trip and it's so fun absolutely but stop by their table at Denver Comic Con just trust me on this one Uh, I got a little inside info on this so you're not going to want to miss out on that at all Uh, also for events there's a couple of cool events going on hard rock cafe is going to have an after hours party that um fan expo is uh, sponsoring and there will be lots of guests uh music the hard rock is an excellent place to hang out especially after the con go down tip some tip some booze brews whatever have some food hang out with some cosplayers it should be a really good time especially for saturday night if you're looking for something to do downtown especially since you're already at the expo the other event that i'm very interested in and i had to do some research speaking of james marsters he's doing an onstage an unplugged concert tickets are available general mission and vip tickets are both still available and i did some some kind of look into it and uh, he's a very talented singer an incredible performer so if you haven't seen him and you're a huge Buffy fan and this kind of reminds me of like Supernatural Con and, and those guys on stage performing and interacting with the fans I can honestly see that this would be similar to that so Absolutely um, check this out. And if you're a big Buffy fan, I think this would be – you probably have already seen him. But it is absolutely worth doing doing it. Um, the other After Hours party, um, this is Friday night only, is at the Lucky Strike. And tickets are still available. Attendees must be 21 and older. But it looks like there will be kind of, you know, a uh, cool kind of gaming event that you can go hang out get some prizes and it'll be a fun little fun little party the uh, hard rock cafe is also 21 and older and is saturday night so they've kind of spaced things out and i'm sure there will be more information on the after hours events and parties and everything going on so there's a good chance you may see me running around taking pictures maybe at an event who knows it's 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 Fan Expo. I'm going to be all over the place, <laughs> like any con, running around. Uh, what else? So that's that's kind of the summed up version of what I see for Fan Expo that I think will be exciting. I know not a lot of comic book artists have been named. I did see Greg Horn on the guest list. In addition to some of the retailers, there are a a decent amount of comic book retailers coming back. For fan expo which uh have not been present for the last few years so i'm excited to see them get a chance to you know see if there's anything i need at this point which is kind of limited but you know fingers crossed i still need first appearance of a black adam (sighs) yeah i know it's only going to go up more but again fingers crossed and if you're selling one and it's in decent condition dm me uh what else that is about it for this week if you have any questions by all means please shoot them my way any comments always open we will see you next week give us a like give us a share but in the meantime run fast laugh hard and always be kind good night